Again, we're starting out this morning with praise, and uh, what a great way to start. I love just, just starting out like this, and it kind of gets my heart and, and mind uh, uh, focused. Uh, so as you think about, as you think about uh, the last day, maybe the last 24 hours, or you think about the last uh, week, maybe the last two weeks, just the, you know, short of time, uh, think about how God has interacted with you in your life. And if you were to, to uh, praise God for an attribute uh, that he has displayed to you in his own way in your life, I'm curious as to what that would be. And uh, so for me, you know, I think about um, something as simple as apples. Our apple tree we've got in our backyard bore six bags of fruit, a little unusual, and so we were able to reap that harvest, climb up the tree, pick the apples, shake the tree because I got tired of picking the apples. Last night, though, enjoying another apple pie that Sherry made off the harvest of our apple tree, and I think, uh, wow, thank you, Father, for your provision. You are my provider. You provide for us. You take care of us. And I think about this morning as I pulled out of our subdivision and just as the sun was coming up over the trees, but before the sun went up, and I'm not sure what it's like now, but before it went up above the clouds, it was shining right through that window. And the shadow was on this bank of trees outside my subdivision. And yet the top of the trees, gold and red, it was like on fire. Man, it was on fire. And it was beautiful. I took a picture of it. It doesn't do it justice. You know, one of those pictures. And I, and I, and I thought, thank you, Father, for your creativity. How creative you are. Wow. I think, I think about yesterday. Uh, Sherry and I worked together all day on a project. And... Uh, I was not kind the whole time. <clears throat> um, I had to ask for forgiveness. And, you know, I think about just how many times I've had to ask uh, forgiveness from our Father. And I think, thank you, Father, for your forgiveness. You are my forgiver. I think about uh, last weekend, I was able to visit, visit our oldest, Jordan, out in California. I haven't seen her for a month. She's at school again talk about this all the time because it's our first one off to college and I was able to see her for the first time in a month and dropping her off uh, the closer I got to the school the, you know the more tears coming down finally I was weeping in the parking lot and and I could feel it in my chest just this pain this weight this oh this is so hard to leave her and to fly out I stalled as long as I could and yet I had to leave and, and I and I prayed and I thanked my father for his peace and his compassion on me. I have a lot to be thankful for. So what do you have to be thankful for? What can you praise our father about this morning? And so just for a couple minutes, if we could, I'd love to hear from you. And this is kind of the, the participation time between us. If you could just shout out what is it? Is it, a, is it a one word? Is it two words? Maybe? Fill in the blank. 
Faith? Patience. Patience. Absolutely. What else? Grace. Grace. Peace. Daughter's health. My husband. What was it? Family. Love. Guidance. Baby girl. I love that. Praise you for new life, right? New life. What else? I'm sorry? Humbling us. What else do you praise God for? God, I praise you for, what is it? Strength and community. What else? Breath each day. What else? My wife. Life, thank you. <laughs> Life, yes, yes. So, the song we sang, God is able. He will never fail. He is almighty God, greater than all we seek, greater than all we ask. He has done great things. He defeated the grave. In his name we overcome. He is our overcomer. He's on our side. He is far above all we know, far above all we hope. We praise our Father. We praise you, Father, for all that you are. So can I, can I pray for us? Pray for our praises. And, and, um, and Father, you are above all to be praised. You are everything. You are provider, comforter. You give new life. You take away anxiety. You give peace. You bring humility and humbleness. Father, you are our everything. And we love you. Pray these things in your son's name. It's good to be reminded of how praiseworthy our father is. And so as we continue our service, uh, check out this video. It will remind us. So confession. I want to talk just briefly about confession with you here this morning. Troy has been covering different aspects of prayer, covered the topic of confession a few weeks ago. And uh, I want to touch on that this morning. Confession uh, basically means uh, to cast something forward, to throw, to give. And um, interestingly enough, when you think about uh, confession, we need to confess because we're sinners. Why should we confess? I think that's the obvious question. The answer to the question is because we're sinners. Romans 3.23 tells us that. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And to sin literally means to miss the mark. It's as if God's given us a target and we've missed the mark. And so part of the process of drawing closer to God in prayer is through confession. And you know, sin is kind of like a sneeze. And forgive the, the example, but uh, a sneeze feels good coming out and then it's just a slobbery, snotty mess after that, right? <laughs> Think about it, right? Okay. And we've all been there where we've just sneezed or we've sinned in our lives and into the lives of others. And it's just like, how do you clean up after that? And by His grace and through His love, uh, Jesus Christ allows us to come to him. And some people refer to 1 John 1.9 as the Christian bar of soap. Allow me to share it with you now. It says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and he will purify us from all unrighteousness. Think about that. That's pretty powerful. But the, the key word, I think, is the first word. If we confess our sins, then it tells us about the character of Christ. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins, and then he cleanses us from all unrighteousness. So it's through his blood, through his sacrifice, 
his atoning sacrifice on the cross that we can come to him in repentance and confession and have new life. And it's, you know, I think one of the greatest emotions that a person can experience is the emotion of relief. When I go to the cross, when I confess privately in my prayer closet, when I confess corporately within my family or within this body of believers, I get this sense of belief that comes only from Christ. So it's an incredible uh, aspect of prayer, and we want to talk and camp out on it just briefly this morning. And I'll leave you just with this illustration, which I think really represents well um, the power of confession. And it comes from Luke 23, 32 through 43. So if you'd open to that, if you have your Bible, Luke 23, 32 through 43. And it's in this scene, I'll set the context for you. It's hot, it's dry, it's dusty. It's outside the city walls of Jerusalem. It's at a place called Golgotha, which means the skull. And the scene is a small hill. There's three crosses on the hill. Jesus Christ is in the middle. There's two criminals on either side of him. And it describes the scene as one in which they are casting lots or gambling for Jesus' garments. So he's stripped down, he's beaten, he's put on a cross. And in this setting, it's Jesus who says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. We're called to be Christ-like. And I don't know about you, but when I think about the week gone by and the confessions I need to make, and sometimes it's my bitterness and my pride that gets in the way of me confessing honestly to Christ or to others. Uh, and, that, and then it's, you know, I don't want to be wrong. And so I'm unwilling to go there with God. And then I need to remember the example of Jesus who says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And so there's people who are watching this happen. There are rulers who are scoffing at Christ. There are soldiers who are mocking him. And then one of the two criminals says to Jesus, if you're really the Christ, save yourself and save us. This was, he was just parroting what he heard the rulers and the soldiers saying before him. Save yourself and save us. You did it for others. Can't you do it for yourself? And here's the defining moment in the scene. The other cr criminal, upon hearing this, says to his colleague in crime, basically, I'm paraphrasing, he says, don't you know who you're talking to? Don't you have any fear for God? We are justly getting the punishment we deserve. We've sinned. We've committed heinous crimes. We're on these crosses. Justice is being served. This man has done nothing. And then, here's the, the clincher, the linchpin, to, to the passage, he, he says, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. So as if to say, I'm confessing to you, Christ, you know my life, you've seen my lifestyle, you know my crimes, I've got nothing to offer you, but would you please remember me when you come into your kingdom? And Jesus says, truly I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. What an awesome scene. It wasn't his works. He had nothing to offer Christ except his brokenness and his repentance. Christ meets him where he's at, offers him his forgiveness, and transformation is about to take place. So I don't know where you are at today in terms of your relationship with the Lord, uh, but this is an opportunity coming up for you to privately to confess uh, your sins uh, to the Lord, uh, to ask him for his forgiveness uh, within your seats. And then we're going to go to the crosses and as has become our custom here, uh, gather around with family, with friends, with brothers and sisters in Christ. There'll be elders at the crosses both today 
and within the connection lounge afterward if you'd like someone to pray for you. And it's not a matter of having to go to an elder for confession. It's we're offering you support through prayer, and so we're inviting you to do that. We're not going to play a song during this time either, so it's going to be a somewhat quiet period of self-reflection and confession and really think about uh, how you can approach uh, the Lord and have this cleansing. And, you know, the beauty of this, back to First John, is if we confess our sins, he is faithful and he's just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us or purify us from all unrighteousness. And to me, there's nothing more liberating or relieving than that. So please join me in prayer as we prepare to go to the crosses. Uh, Father God, we just, we bow our heads and we humble our hearts and uh, we're desperate for you this morning, Lord, uh, because we're sinners. And we can only be saved by your blood and your grace made available to us on the cross, Lord. And so uh, you know our lives, Lord. You know every aspect of our public, our private, and our secret lives. You know our thoughts, uh, the intentions of our heart, Lord. Uh, there's nothing that's hidden from your sight, Lord. So help us to be authentic and real with you, uh, to come to you, Lord, uh, to just to be honest in our confession, uh, but also to, to trust and believe, Lord, uh, that not only are you willing, uh, but you're capable of forgiving us our sins, Lord, cleansing us from all unrighteousness, making us new again. You tell us your mercies are new every morning, Lord, and it's with great hope and great confidence and expectancy that we come to you this morning, Lord. So help us to feel uh, the love and the grace, the peace and the power, Father God, that comes only from you. We love you. We thank you. We ask these things uh, in the precious name of your Son and our Savior, Jesus Christ. And all God's people said, Amen. Father, thank you so much for um, looking at us, even though we are sinners. Um, and you take something so messy in our lives, and you make it beautiful. I love that song, Lord. Thank you so much for the promise of that, that we are sinners in need of a Savior, and you take what we give, what we have, and you make it wonderful and beautiful. And we acknowledge that this morning through our confession, and we thank you for the forgiveness that comes with that and the, and the, the sweetness of that forgiveness. And we ask this in your name, amen. You can have a seat. So we did praise and uh, we did um, confession. And now I'm going to ask Tony if he'll come up here and just help me for a minute. Um, and we're going to talk a little bit about intercession. And I know, how many of you guys were here last week? Um, Troy, good. So you heard the message. Okay, if you could just take that and then hold it um, like this um, over your head for me. Yep, all the way up. There we go. That would be perfect. Okay, thank you. Um, and so Troy talked about intercession. If you remember, he talked about how it was taking on the case of someone else. It was stepping in and being a part of what was going on with them. Are you doing okay? I'm good. Okay. If, if it gets to be too much, just let me know. Okay. Yeah. It has to stay up there. That would be great. Um, so taking on the case of someone else. And so it's stepping in. And, and at times, I think we have... We struggle with that because uh, we, don't want to, we don't want it to be messy. We don't want to get involved sometimes. Or on the other side, it's a little bit hard for us to share what's going on in our lives. Doing okay? All right. And um, one of my favorite stories in the Old Testament when I was little, I remember this story, and I actually had to go looking for it because I couldn't remember where it was, but it's Moses in Exodus. Maybe you guys remember this. And he goes into battle against this guy, Amalek, or something like that. 
and um, his, his big guy Joshua goes out to war for him, and Moses is praying, and he's asking God to give them victory, and I think it was, I don't think the numbers were fair, I think they were quite outnumbered, and so during this, Moses um, holds his staff in the air, and he notices that when he gets tired and that staff starts coming down, that they start to lose. And so he swings it back up there again, and he realizes, oh my goodness, I have to hold this up here. Are you doing okay? Okay, good. Um, and so he decides he's got to pull a couple of guys. So I'm wondering if um, Abe and Zach would come up here. Do you guys mind coming up here? That'd be great. And so Moses has these two guys, and it's Aaron and her. And would you have asked for help if it was starting to hurt? Is that, yeah, you doing okay? Yeah, I'm good. All right. Is it starting to ache a little bit? You got to hold them straight up. Oh. You could. That would be great. <laughs> okay. Because we're losing when you put your arms down. Okay. If you could hold one on your side, just hold his elbows there, that would be great. Even though, I know, you could probably stand here for a good hour and probably yeah, not need any help. It is. It's a lot better. There we go. And so Moses says to these guys, hey, guys, you've got to hold my arms up. We want to win this battle. Now, could God conquer that? Probably without him holding his staff in the air, right? Because God is God. But why did he have Moses do that? Isn't that interesting when you think about that? And why did he have these two guys come up? I think it's because it was a good lesson for even Moses to realize that I can't do this on my own. I need someone. I need someone to step into my case and take on my case and help me with this. I can't do it alone. So these two guys stand there. Now, it's not like only five minutes. I mean, you think about a battle, it was probably hours. And so they had to stand there, and there's probably more people that had to come and hold their arm up, and then more people to hold their arm up. And you realize, oh my goodness, the lesson isn't so that God I mean, that God couldn't do it. That isn't the problem. The lesson is that Moses needed to rely on these guys. That's my lesson. So when I thought about Troy teaching last week, that was the first thing that popped into my head was this picture of Moses. And I think, how many times have I needed people to step into my life and, and to do that for me? So this is the part of the service that you guys are probably going to feel already like, oh, no, Trisha's going to ask me to do something. And you're right. I am going to ask you to do something. And what I want you to do, don't let go, okay? Um, what I want you to do is I want you to come to each other and intercede for each other this morning. Remember last week, Troy said to you guys, how many of you are hurting and have a relationship that needs mending? And I mean, I saw hands shoot up all over. And then he said, how many of you have physical ailments that maybe you're working through and you just want prayer on that? And I saw arms and hands go up. And he asked a number of different things, and they don't have to be huge. At the last service, I talked with a young girl, and I came down, and I said, what's your prayer request? And I could tell she was thinking, oh, I don't have anything traumatic in my life going on. And then I said, anything, anything at school, anything going on with your siblings? And she said, well, my grades aren't that great. Great, let's pray for that. Why don't I pray for you for that? I'm going to put your name on my fridge. I grabbed one of these sheets of paper, and I put her in the circle with her name, and and grades, and I'm going to put it on my fridge. And this week I'm going to pray for her. I'm going to step into her case, and I'm going to pray on her behalf because your arms get tired. You know what I mean? So this past week I had some things going on in my life that I just 
did not know even where to begin to pray for the answers I thought I wanted. And so I had to reach out to people. And I'm typically the person that will say, I can hold that up, even if it kills me. I'll hold it up on my own for as long as I can before I, I drop. And even if I have to pay the price the next week or two because I have a bad shoulder. But I would still, I would not ask for help. That is something that is... I don't know, ingrained in me. And I've had to fight that my whole life, not to be so independent and to let people in. And so this past week, I had to call friends and family and say, pray for me. I, I don't even know where to begin to pray about this and what's going on. And so I asked them to pray, and I can't tell you the peace I feel. People say, how are you? My friends come to me and say, how are you doing? I'm like, I feel at peace about it. And so I know God loves to see you intercede, to come together, to pray for each other. So what I want you to do, and I know you don't know everybody here, and it's okay if you don't know the person you talk to, and you don't have to have the full story, but turn to somebody, a group of people even, if it wants to be two or three or four, and just share one or two things that they could pray for you for. And then not only that, you need to share. You need to take that risk and just say, could you pray for me about this? If you don't want to give your name, that's fine. But ask them to pray for you. I've had the tablets put around the room. If, if you're someone, I forget names like the second I walk from, away from you. It's so hard for me to remember names. So I had to write their names down. If you guys want to grab it and write down their around the crosses. So you've got about five minutes here to just get up, find someone, share, and then, okay, you guys are good. Thank you so much. <laughs> share and then we'll come back together. So go ahead. Thank you.